Okay. <laughs> I see I think it. We're live. Let's... We are live. Yes. Uh, so, yes, welcome to Arlnots podcast number 16. We've made it to 16. I'm Craven Morehouse. I am Zach Kuntz, and this is the episode many of you have been waiting for. We're talking, of course, about our thoughts and a recap on the blockbuster holiday movie of 2017. We're talking, of course, about Netflix's Bright, starring Will Smith and his orc buddy. Yeah. So uh, we're going to get deep into that today, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> so stay tuned. <laughs> nothing else. And no- nothing. No- nothing. I'm sick also, so I'm going to be uh, sounding kind of rough today. Don't make me laugh too hard because I've been having trouble breathing uh, I will. Today. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll try not to make Craven lose his shit, and we'll try to talk a little bit about <laughs> the Last Jedi too. I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would be good. Well, some of you were. Yeah, let's. Uh, curious let's try about to, that. Let's talk a little bit about that today. Yeah. Before, let, yeah, before we get into Bright, let's just kind of gloss over the the Last Jedi, the Return of the Last Jedi, real quick. And, Perfect. Uh, <laughs> this is it. Uh, some of you may have seen our. Kylo Ren video where he reviewed it. This is the first movie to have taken place in Kyle in our Kylo Ren's present time. So he <laughs> he had he's basically just live like vlogging <laughs> now. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, that was uh we had a big discussion about that right before we did Kylo because there was always this idea that when he when he's watching something that's portraying a past event in Star Wars such as Rogue One He's viewing that as history, and the film is people playing characters, right? Right. right. And then in, in this case, uh, since the film has already happened, we had to move Kylo up the line and put him <laughs> in a position where he's essentially. And we had to we had to figure that out. We had to say like, what is what exactly is happening? Like, is he is he experiencing a film with actors in it, and he has to judge whether or not they did a good job, or is he just going to talk about what's happened in his life? And that, right. that and became it, the, the clear choice as we started looking through the, the jokes and presentation and whatnot. And then it, somehow it's all such a big deal that it, it makes sense that you would have heard about it because it's 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 a galactic-wide event. Like, he's just kind of hashing <laughs> out the details for us who weren't actually there, who may have only seen it covered by, you know, the news or whatever. Whatever media. Right, right. And he sort of, and he sort of has a, a a lesser knowledge of things that he might not have been a part of, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's 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 he has deep feelings and emotions on things that he was directly involved with. So we kind of ran with that. Uh, he does have some knowledge about things that he would not have known about, like Casino Planet. But right, we figure maybe he could have gotten the news. There's some kind of report from, uh, there. Yeah, that would have been newsworthy material. Some ragamuffins crashing through a. Uh, a luxury destination on on beasts of burden you know yeah yeah there's there's benicio del toro's character of course who spilled the beans so he might have just told them everything about where they had been and yeah he could have just that's exactly what happened they were just like you know in the break room together and he's just like man how'd you get here he's like well you ever heard of casino planet i can't remember the name of it (laughs) what it's actually called we got to get um I need to commit the new Star Wars films to, and make them a part of my life as much as the old ones are. Because whenever we start talking about the new films, I, my knowledge is so 
casual and I barely know what I'm talking about. It's just only initial I think that impressions. Comes with, I think that comes with time though. You know, yeah. it's, it's just, we're, we're just, we're just living recently with, with yeah. these new star Wars films. I can't. But, uh, oh dude, just a quick aside. Have you seen the new Netflix series? Uh, the toys that shape us or something like, I can't, I can't remember the, the actual name of it. No, it's a series. It's just it a docu- documentary. Yeah. Series? It's, I think it's like four episodes, kind of like hip hop evolution was. Except okay. it's just just documenting the histories behind some of the most popular toy lines. And the first episode is Star Wars. And holy shit. Uh, you know, when you see action figures, I never really – I just like, yeah, they just – you know, they, some company made it. And they it's it was no problem for them. The actual story behind Kenner, who was just – who were nobodies at the time, getting – they were basically like the booty call for George Lucas after he got just rejected by everybody else. And cause you know, everybody was like, they're like, we're making toys for TV series. Like we, nobody makes toys for movies. The movie comes yeah, in and out of the yeah. theater. There's not a constant thing to remind you every episode to go buy toys. Like, no, we're not interested right, in right. Right. Kenner was like, Holy shit. We want this so bad. And the lengths they went to not only, prove to give a proof to deliver a proof of concept but then to deliver a product that didn't come out for a year after the movie was released yeah like it's just you gotta watch it they cover he-man gi joe that's incredible i definitely will check that out that sounds amazing the toy industry is just i mean the only (laughs) the only real insight into the toy industry i had prior to that was the movie big with tom hanks remember big oh yeah yeah yeah. Were there were there were there action figures for Big? No, there was uh, the movie <laughs> no, took place. I I mean, he a, got he got a job at a toy company, like cause right, was, right, right, right. Yeah, because he was a big kid. You know, just as a just as an aside to your aside, You're I think it's deep. funny that one of the one of the complaints is that characters were created in the interest of making toys. But you know, I you know, okay, you know, I'm going to come back to this point. Yeah, because I have some really large scale. Uh, you know, opinions on what is going on right now with the Star Wars world and right. the fandom and everything. And we can get into that deep after we complete uh, Kylo, but I'll, I'll oh, come yeah. back to that. But that's that's partly about Porgs. Oh, and, right. Uh, but but we'll we'll get around to criticisms. This well, is going to be a polarizing episode potentially that, for some of our listeners. Oh, dude, I started bringing this. I started bringing this up on the the video game stream I did. It, it just it already was becoming polarizing. And I was just like, all right, I, yeah. I, I got to go, and I just logged off. I didn't want to get into it. Um, yeah, yeah, and just for anybody listening, just also know that Zach and I also have differing opinions on things. So it's oh yeah, it's going to be an across the board breakdown and discussion about about all things Episode Seven uh, yeah. and then Bright. And then bright, yeah. Uh, and then bright. Was it seven or eight? No, it's eight. Episode eight. Episode eight. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and uh, coming back to Kylo, uh, I was Kylo. I was really psyched that uh, Kylo, that, Kylo, that, Kylo. Uh, the the reaction from uh, the audience on on that video uh, is very interesting, and we love it. We love the whole reaction. There are people that think that we were being critical of like fans. And then there were people that think that we were being critical of the film and they're, they're all like cheering it on. And, and there were that also people really... that there were also people that thought we were fans of the film. Like everybody kind yeah. of saw that we fell, we were just right there in the center, just like shooting outwards. <laughs> yeah. And that is actually correct. Like it, it is all of those things. Uh, we have criticisms of the, of the film, but um, overall I, I personally liked it a lot. I, you know, and I, you know, in, in some of my analysis, post analysis of the film, 
I've discovered a lot of issues, but yeah, uh, that we can get into. But the thing is, the most important thing to me was when I was sitting there watching the film, I felt emotionally engaged, like the whole film. There was yeah. one or two moments where I, I, I got taken out of the film and I kind of said, where is this going right now? But for the most part, for me, it was such an engaging experience. And that's what film is supposed to do. Yeah, It's supposed to hit you in the moment and give you a sort of entertaining experience. And I was like fully on board while watching that movie. I was excited. I was on the edge of my seat. Well, I was and, really. And was one thing ahead. is, you know, because you and I saw it together and I remember very clearly whenever something made me laugh, we were both laughing and it was like a real, like, Oh my God, this is amazing. That was hilarious yeah. that it's, uh, and that's probably so we decided we were going to kind of hit this breakdown based on the most popular criticisms of the film and one of them was the humor like a lot of people couldn't get down with the humor they thought it was too too wacky yeah, uh, too marvelized yeah. is what people were calling it and that once did I I didn't even pick up that that was going to be a problem with people until after I started reading it like while we were watching the movie that was like this is the perfect dose uh, the perfect balance of of tones, and it, it's it is making it feel, like move along and feel really you know, uh, real complete. Because Star Wars yeah, always had yeah. a, a lighter side to it. Like Yoda himself was a goofball when he first showed up in Empire. He came, he showed up and was like trying to trying to get Luke's goat, you know, right away by just being a jerk. <laughs> and that whole thing was yeah. like slapstick, you know. Yeah, totally. Like he was hitting R two D two over the head with a stick. And like going, mine, it's just, that's nuts. Yeah, there is inevitably, there is inevitably going to be a lot of comparisons to the previous films, both the originals and the prequels, when we look at episode eight here. Yeah. And uh, just, just to finish up on Kylo real quick, I think the, the thing that makes Kylo so funny is that when you're being critical or positive about something and you're channeling it through a character, it creates a lot of sort of funny potential there. And we were... We had sort of a good time. We, we approached uh, that particular video a little bit differently, which is we only had like a couple days to, to make it before we both had to leave for the holidays for Christmas. So it was a lot of choosing a particular point of either contention or something interesting. And then Zach would like riff on it for... <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of improv a in that bit. script. I don't know if that was obvious yeah, or not. There, <laughs> and then and then we'd go back and shore some of the stuff up. And then we we had some discoveries and we were doing some remote sessions to to punch up some of the lines and stuff. Yeah, but that was, was. It's really funny to to channel your ideas on something directly through a character, and especially one like Kylo, because you know you can poke kind of poke fun a little bit at who he is, and <laughs> and sort of what his what his perspective on yeah. it would be. You know, we kind of we're a little bit unfair to Kylo. Like, I think he's probably a little bit more of a badass than we give him credit yeah, for in those videos. But he's but he's just like anybody else. You know, I I have no doubt that most people that sound terrible on the internet are probably decent people and fun to hang out with in real life. But yeah, hundred percent. Something that happens to somebody once they become, you know, through the, they get put through the internet filters, <laughs> can happen to anyone. <laughs> right. um, and Kylo, right. yeah, I love Kylo. I think he's one of the best new additions to the Star Wars universe. Oh my god, overall. yeah. He's amazing. I think Kylo is an awesome character. And, um, you know, when we get into it, I love what they're doing with his story arc. They're not making it making it easy. Yeah. Um, it's it's really hard to, to understand what the plan is with with them. I mean, and where they're going to take his character. The idea of redemption seems 
pretty. You know distant. what? I don't think redemption is even an option personally because that Kylo is a character that has been let down so hard by the legacy of Star Wars. Like the legacy yeah. of Star Wars itself has ruined his life, and it broke him. He's a broken man because of not only the expectations of his family name, but the the legacies of his of the people in his life. Luke, Han, Leia, like they've all broken him. He's just. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if there's like what he's going to he's going to rebuild himself gradually out of that. He's going to become probably one of the greatest villains of the the whole Star Wars universe, you know. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if that's where they're going to go and then and then they're they're probably going to do another trilogy, right? Yeah, I would this. assume so. But you know, he's going to be a great villain because the build up into him becoming a villain was so it was it's like it's everything George Lucas wishes Anakin's journey was. <laughs> it's it's a believable transformation yeah. from someone who is just you know through his own idealized version of of his you know um of his goals is just kind of yeah. he's he's a little misled he's a little he's a little emotionally unstable you know he he thinks he means well he's it's like all the things that a good villain should have you know and it's right right um, and i think in adam drivers Really good. I I did not give out. I'll be the first to admit. I did not. I was not thrilled when they announced that Adam Driver was going to be a badass Sith. Because all I knew about him was that he was on the show Girls. And as someone who (laughs) lives in New York City, the show Girls is like everything that's wrong with with gentrification and like, you know, upper middle class, you know, uh, spoiled kids living their (laughs) life. I have no interest in anybody from the from the show Girls. (laughs) <laughs> getting crossed over into the Star Wars universe. Yeah, know? he was an inspired choice, you know? Well, I actually learned more about him after that, too. I didn't give the dude a fair shake. And then once I found out, he was like, I think he's ex, he's ex-military. I think he was a Marine. But then he also uh-huh. established uh, a program for Marines to get into, like, theater. And so he was like, like, so a bunch of Marines could get together and sort of artistically express themselves in ways that they may not have been able to like that he seems like a, is awesome he seems yeah. like a pretty badass dude so that is that is fantastic that's yeah. the best he's yeah so uh i, I think he's a great choice I, i'm kind of I, I love the guy i think he's gonna do a lot for the series so yeah absolutely kylo ren i do feel bad I mean, though that a lot of people are hitting us up and saying that when Kylo in the actual movie speaks, they're confused when he doesn't sound like ours. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't, don't have to worry anymore because the helmet's gone. It's gone. I mean, yeah. Course, that's when you're, uh, when you're watching free. episode seven though. <laughs> yeah. Our, our Kylo doesn't sound in totally like the, the Kylo. It's oh just yeah. About... Not at all. But it, it's the same way. It, like our Bane kind of went, we just kind of, we made it our own and pushed it enough that it just became, you know, your people's brains fill a lot of gaps, I think. So, yeah. Incidentally, there was a joke about uh, Foxwoods, <laughs> Kylo Ren, <laughs> uh, preferring Foxwoods over Casino Planet. And uh, we actually ended up going to Foxwoods to see John Oliver. That's why uh, that's why that Around came New up, Year's I think, because yeah, I, <laughs> I already knew your plan. So Foxwoods is just fresh in our brains. Like, why not just throw that out there? Yeah. Yeah. Because to me, it's good. not like it's not a glamorous i mean it's a it's a casino and it's nice but it's not ever i don't think there is a foxwoods in vegas is there it's not no, part of no. That. foxwoods is only one place and it's right in, it's, it's like connecticut. connecticut yeah so it's not even it's not part of the the casino conglomerate you know the whole casino royalty it's just its own thing. i mean it's a it's, it's a outlier. huge 
it's a huge operation. It's like a mini city, but oh yeah, but it's just kind of it's just kind of funny because when you look at it, it just it like it's not a very glamorous casino, you know. Yeah. But it, it's just uh, it looks I don't know how to describe it, but uh, I've never been to Foxwoods. It was only because John Oliver was was going to be doing some stand up. So we got tickets to that, and it was yeah. he was hilarious. That's, and, that's uh, we both uh, It was me and J.C. Powers of uh, of Spirit Questers and the Skittles ad. Skittle shits, uh, yeah. Metachlorify. <laughs> he's all, he, he pops up all over the place, yeah. Metachlorify, he, he's, <laughs> he's always, he cameos in everything that we do and sometimes is just the lead vocalist. You yeah, know, he... Uh, in an homage to Front 242. <laughs> that's... Um, if you saw our Instagram post on New Year's Eve, that was he was it was the three of us playing Neo Geo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like All through night. the countdown. I think that we took a quick amazing. break because they handed out champagne at the barcade we were at, and then we were just right back into Puzzle Bobble. We we're like fucking rematch right now, man. That was a great that was a great night. I, yeah, I had so much fun that night, and uh, we had a couple friends that were like a surprise visit. Well, a surprise to me, Rebecca. Yeah, and, uh, Rebecca from Texas. Uh, we, yeah, we that was awesome. At awesome the uh, AggieCon conference. Yeah, she was celebrating with her friends, New York New York City style. You want to just you want to jump into Star Wars? Yeah, let's you jump, jump into hard, Star Wars. In there? Yeah, let's get through this as quickly as possible so that we can talk about Bright. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bright, dude. Oh, fuck it. So well, here's the crazy thing: Bright and the Last Jedi are sort of on two sides of the Rotten Tomatoes scale right now, because on one end you have The Last Jedi, which was a critical smash. You know, it's like last I checked, it was in the 90s for critic yep. score. And the audience score, as we all know, is, is is tanked. And there's been some research that a lot of it was automated and may not be yep. um, as genuine as it appears at face value. But then on the other side, you have Bright, which is just laughable to critics. Critics see that movie and they're like, this movie is stupid. It doesn't have a chance with me. But the audience score <laughs> is like in the 90s. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. man, we had fun watching this movie. Just go go, go screw yourself. So <laughs> so we'll get into yeah. that later. But Star Wars, uh, like I said, we were going to kind of go over a list of, base, of some of the criticisms and yeah. kind of talk about how we felt about that. Um, so yeah, what do you, right you want, on. Where do you want to start? You want to start just jump right into Luke? I think I could we start just overall with um, I, I just want to kind of rant for a sec here. Yeah, I. Uh, That's my, what this okay, is for. so here's here's my here's my sort of general perspective on on all of this, right? Which is, I feel as though uh, people sometimes fall into a trap of expectation with these films, and and they're just they're just films. And the thing, the thing about them is that since the very beginning, since George Lucas came out of the gate with Star Wars and he became a smash hit just because of that first movie, A New Hope, he was always just making shit up and then, and then picking up the pieces later, you know, uh, for, for example, th there's no chance, none whatsoever that he considered Darth Vader was Luke's father when they made a new home. Oh, it that's confirmed. Like, yeah, that's clearly confirmed. not clearly like not on the table. Right. Yeah. So when they get to the second film uh, and then, you know, you have this basically, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, every step along the way is as long as you're adding something to each part of the story, you continue to, to world build, but you're always going to end up making something up. And at some point, 
you can get caught in a trap of being too rigid in following some a lot of those established rules. Like at some yeah. point, the thing has to just fall apart because you can't, you know, you're going to write yourself into a corner eventually. Yeah. And so I think the I think part of what this film did very well from a very broad perspective was it's trying to get out of the corner that potentially is there yeah. for the future of the series. And I think it's kind of reinventive for Star Wars to do that. And especially given a story where the characters, characters that are supposed to be the heroes are such abysmal failures. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I think that's a very bold decision. And uh, while it's not a perfect film, I think it's interesting to me uh, looking at the series, you know, there was always stuff that was going to be a problem. Yeah. You know, I'll give you another, I'll give you another quick example. Uh, so in a, so Lucas introduces in Empire Strikes Back that, that Jedi can be force ghosts, right? Right. So now there are force ghosts. So like, where are all the rest of the force ghosts throughout history? You know, and so that was a corner that he wrote himself into. And then later he had to explain that, like Qui-Gon Jinn like figured out how to be a force ghost and that's yeah. super lame. So where's Qui-Gon like Jinn's ghost? so lame. Yeah. You know, that it's like, and, and so in some ways when you try to explain too much, uh, it, it backfires like gloriously. And I think he did the same thing with midi-chlorians. He was like, we need to explain somehow how things happen with the force, you know? And it's like, right. I don't know. So that that's sort of the, my basic feeling going well, into and the that, thing. That actually ties in really well with, um, with a sort of one of the biggest criticisms overall that it does apply to specific characters, but that there was not enough explanation for certain things. And I think what you just said is what I've been saying, why people feel like more should have been explained. It's that because, because of the prequels, suddenly there's a precedent that everything needs to be explained. And that's but what I don't, but people don't seem to realize is that that's when it started to suck. When they, when Lucas was sucking the magic out of everything and giving it everything labels, and it's like, no, dude, it was magic. Like, there's no magic anymore. Now it's like it's parasites. Like, dude. But that's sort of even <laughs> yeah. no matter how people felt about that, whether they loved it or hated it, I think it was ingrained in them that that's just how it was. Now everything needed to have a twist. Everything needed to be connected. Everything needed to be explained. So like every character is there for a reason. There's not just characters that are just part of the universe. No, they're related to somebody. Right, or right. Their origin is somehow, you know, like world shattering. And I think between yeah. the prequels and the extended universe, which is defunct, by the way, it's gone. It doesn't. It doesn't have any. It doesn't have any. Uh, uh, it's not a part of the, the Star Wars universe anymore. Disney erased it. Right. And right. so. But what the what the extended universe did, unfortunately, was spend the last twenty or thirty years slowly explaining everything you've ever seen in a Star Wars film, every character, every piece of equipment, every off-screen tradition. Suddenly, had a, a full encyclopedic <laughs> entry, its own novel, yeah. its own comic book series, and suddenly there was no more mystery. Everybody knew everything about every character. And that I hated that. Yeah. I hated it. I loved the fact that I didn't know what a hammerhead was called. I just liked that there's just this weird dude in the corner who didn't look like anybody else yeah, who just was called hammerhead. It's such oversaturation, yeah. you know? And you have you have a lot of people also saying, like, depending on familiarity, you know, people saying, Why aren't we seeing more Greedos now? Why aren't <laughs> why isn't there a hammerhead? And it's like, dude, 
that was one character in one scene. You know, yeah. Hammerhead especially was literally like three seconds, yeah. and, and and a toy. Yeah, that's all he was and all he's ever been in the Star Wars universe. And people are like mad that we're not seeing more Hammerheads. And yeah, things. it's just it's kind of bizarre. And that's because of that. It's the fandom itself uh, has become, I think, the biggest enemy of this the film series and, and where it's going to go because there there also is no other film series like this you know there was lord of the rings had six films but it didn't have the history in the cinema that star wars has like the the, the legacy that's been right brewing for the last 40 years you know is just you can't you can't compare that to anything else and just everything that's come along with that has created this weird set of expectations and and um and i don't know how they're ever gonna make it they're not gonna ever make everybody happy and it's like yeah some there's no gonna, there's no way but there's not there's never been a perfect star wars film they're all stupid they're all dumb Dude, like they're amazing films thank you and they were a huge part of my life but they're the dumbest films ever like thank you for saying that star wars movies are so stupid yeah <laughs> They really are. Like, let's just be honest it's here. It's dumb they're, fun. They're kind of dumb. They're the bright you know, of the sci-fi dumb, they're universe. Dumb fun. <laughs> there, there, are, there, were, there were always a million problems, that things that didn't make any sense the whole time. Yeah. The whole fucking time. Like, the Star Wars had all kinds of stupid shit going yeah. on in the films. Like, it was, it was never a perfect you know, execution of an idea. Yeah. But I didn't want it to be Ever. either. It was sci science fiction fantasy. And that's, and it did, it gave me everything that I needed from that. And, and yeah. what people are seeking from it now is more than that. And it's, they're just going to be hurt and let down over and over again. I just, I don't, uh, you know, and there's like, so well, I'm to the, to the point of not enough explanation. So they're like, so here's the first Snoke. People were upset that he had no backstory and that he was just dead before we learned anything about him. But Right. That the exact same thing happened to the emperor and nobody had a problem with that because over yeah. time they have forgotten that he wasn't always Sheev Palpatine of the Galactic <laughs> Council because when we right, first right, saw right. him he was a ghost in a transmission room that wasn't even the original, the same actor it was the freaking makeup artist's wife wearing a bunch of putty <laughs> on her eyes <laughs> And just like, and just yeah. like being really vague. He just Vader. Okay. So Vader answers to this guy, but we don't know anything else about him. And then when we finally see him in person in return of the Jedi, we don't get his backstory. We don't know his name. We don't know if he's a Sith. He's, we don't know why he's displaying powers that nobody else has shown yet. He's yeah, the only that, one for 20 years that ever shot electricity out of his hands. And then he was yeah. dead. That's it. Vader picked him up and threw him in the toilet, and it was over. Dude, it, it no was another, more info it, for the Emperor. It was another perfect example of Lucas just making stuff up as he yeah. went, which is what always happens and is and people, always going to happen. And then people take that as gospel. Like, they take the Jedi as gospel, but many people don't realize that the Jedi weren't mystical holy warriors until Francis Ford Coppola showed up and tapped George on the shoulder. He's like, what's up with these dudes? He's like, what if they were more like monks, you know, and they harnessed like a chi, except it's not chi, it's something else, spacey. And that's, right. that was it. That's all, you know, there's no, there's no bigger story involved in some like grand plan of George Lucas's. He's just making it up as he goes. And it's great. Yeah. But, you know, don't mistake that for the holy, you know, a holy well, text. The, that's the, the danger of any ongoing story. 
everybody has always had trouble with ongoing stories where they keep adding new details right and we're and world building it's just it's just a given that at some point you're gonna have to clean house on that stuff yeah. you know every show has that problem they have the, the jumping the shark that's like every there's a term for it now you know it's like every long-running series or property will hit a wall and it will let people down um but yeah. i just don't think this is the right time i think because they hit a wall and then they just they just just jump kick the wall and just blasted right through it, you know, like Van Damme <laughs> doing the the dim mock on a stack of bricks, <laughs> and they like and they fo- and they found a new path, and now people are just like furious, and it's we got a lot of fan feedback, you know, there's like not it, it, our fan base, our fan base is seems to be split on it as well. There's like yeah. some, one side that just totally loved the film, and the other side that are like. I can't wait for you guys to just sh- take a shit on this movie. It's going to be awesome. And it's like, whoa. I mean, like, I don't, I'm not going to begrudge anybody who didn't like the film either. I mean, I feel like people get so into these stories and into these films and it's their, you know, they develop an emotional relationship with them. And I, I get that, you know, right. you know, you know, you know how I felt about the Hobbit, right? Oh yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, for God's sake, I was like obsessively pissed about that film series in a yeah. way that other people were bothered by. <laughs> like, yeah. Like my wife, my <laughs> wife, Ren was like, dude, you gotta like, let go of this <laughs> film series. <laughs> and we're all, we're all there. You know, we're all, yeah. we're all on the level of, of feeling passionate about the things that we, we love. And yeah. so I don't blame those people one bit, you know, I'm not going to come down on those people. But I just happen to differ in my opinion with when it, with Star Wars. That's all. Like, the only bone I have to pick with that mentality is that the, a they just they're making assumptions about us based on their own personalities, which always kind of bugs me. And I mentioned ah. this in the stream, but I think it's because somebody likes our sense of humor and and with in the absence of any other real information about you and I, they just kind of fill in the blanks based on well, I like these guys, so they probably feel the same way about this stuff. And well, so they'll, uh, it you might, know. it might also be, uh, just to play devil's advocate, it might also be that we, a lot of times our, our releases kind of ride a line of, uh, not being totally clear since they can be interpreted right. as a critic, as a critical analysis, as well as a sort of, uh, positive like love letter. Yeah. Yeah. Love letter. It's, it's kind of, I can see where people would, they can choose a side and then they can yeah. find evidence for that in our stuff. And I think we kind of do that, you know? Yeah. Um, that's true. To some level. That's fair. I buy you that. Um, cool. The other thing I don't like, though, <laughs> well, I still have another bone to pick, though, which is that a lot of people that are upset don't seem to have any um, tangible, critical complaints about the film. It's just it's mm. just emotional complaints. They just they just think they just hate it. But there's no like like there's no it critiques as in like what they could have done better and it's just like they're just like luke was stupid i hated luke he wouldn't do he wouldn't be like that let's do well, that how should let's, he be let's get into yeah. luke let's do yeah. it because luke so hit me personally is my favorite character in the whole movie i thought he was great <clears throat> me I too thought he made i thought he made a lot of sense uh in terms of the kind of progression that if you just sat down and, and you step back and you looked at all of star wars and then you look at Luke Skywalker and his place in this this legacy. He came into the game late. He was too old. Yoda said he was too old. He was too old to start. But he was their last hope. And that's it. So he can't, he's kind of like a half-baked Jedi. He was never 
Right. To me, never came off as if he was great, like he was some kind of master. He just was the only one left. Yeah, he didn't even finish and his And he never training. really came into his own powers. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't have a lifetime of training. And he and then he also didn't even defeat Darth Vader like he was supposed to in order to complete his training. He And I'll, I'll put an asterisk on that. He didn't defeat him the way he should have. He turned to the dark side to defeat Darth Vader. Right. He wasn't winning the fight. He was hiding from Darth Vader until Darth Vader goaded him by by bringing up his sister. And that pushed Luke over the edge and he rushed Vader in anger based, you know, and uh, and out of fear. So anger and fear were the driving factors in, in <laughs> Luke's eventual yeah, yeah. like win over Vader. And he just kept and he's the look on his face. You and I kind of slowed down on it the other day because I wanted you to see like that moment. The look on his face when he was just raining blows down on Vader was the same look on his face uh, in Kylo Ren's version of the of the events that that happened to him in the tent. Yeah, yeah. It was that crazy maniacal anger, rage face. There's a one frame of it in Jedi, and it's like that is not a man at peace with his <laughs> with his destiny, and. Uh, <laughs> And then he then he tosses his lightsaber aside once the Emperor points out, hey, damn, you totally just dark sided him, man. Get great. Finish him off and let's like let's let's do this. Let's let let's be the new team. Yeah. And then Luke tosses his lightsaber aside like he's suddenly righteous. It's like, no, nah, man, you just won that fight the the wrong way. Yeah, right. And but and so you, that's an interesting point that he throws his lightsaber away. Right, right. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Because that's what he did the first time we see him. Right. Um so then that's that's a man who has a lot to live up to, and then once he gets into it, he's he sees the cracks in the in the house that is Je- the Jedi Order. And yeah, and and he also has to reconcile the the past failures of the Jedi. You know, like yeah. he's looking at, uh, you know, thanks to the you know what the prequels did. Uh, the prequels made the Jedi look like a bunch of idiotic goons who had no clue. Yeah. Like they were they were so detached from reality and so yeah. so so completely callous in their actions. You know the idea that Luke is the last he's the last guy right, the last yeah. Jedi, and he's going to go and try to start his own Jedi training academy. You know whatever that whatever yeah. that was all the weight that's on his shoulders to make sense of everything that's come before him is, yeah. is definitely enough to, to break a character, especially when it's him between someone whose future he's seen that is so catastrophically awful as Kylo Ren. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's a, such an interesting story point for him as a character. Yeah. And then, so you have Luke, someone who's had his own st- struggles with his own demons with his own dark side turmoil, who's trying to live up to an impossible legacy and try to, and to try to bring a little balance to the galaxy. And not only does he fail to do that, but he also causes a catastrophic rise in, in a, in a, a darker power than, you know, arguably the empire, yeah. you know, his treatment of Kylo Ren could be argued that as the cause you know, maybe if he didn't do that, Kylo never would have run off and, and lent his power, which was instrumental in the rise of this, you know, this new opposition. Yes. So, yeah, if you really break that character down, what they did with Luke is probably the best possible path that that character arc should have gone. 
Yeah. Um, he was not, a, a lot of people were upset that he wasn't like wise and more like master like, and that he didn't show up at the end of the movie and start f- like, you know, flipping around and making little cyclone attacks like Yoda did in, in, in the prequels, Yeah, which would have been terrible. That would have been terrible. Luke was never that guy. He's an undisciplined, you know, yeah. like kind of like rough around the edges, you know, farm boy. He's like a blue belt. Basically, if, yeah. if, if, if Jedi's were Brazilian Jiu Jitsu masters, Luke never got his black belt <laughs> and he tried to open his own gym and it's like, dude, like <laughs> there's a black belt out there who's just waiting for you to like just for your students to come to him <laughs> when you when you fail to deliver like the actual full lesson right yeah that's that, that's an amazing take on him i mean and of course you know if you're going to continue star wars films you need a conflict and if there's going to be a conflict you you need to you know kylo made a joke about that He's like, if Luke was was always so powerful, how could the First Order have even come into into existence in the first place? You know, it, right. if you're going to make a and film, why didn't and you he need stop conflict, him after that? You need to put you, right. You need to you need to put characters into their place in that new conflict. So yeah. I think coming right out of the gate with Luke Skywalker in a position where he's conflicted and having trouble with the state of of affairs is really fascinating. Yeah. And I think he he's had it. Yeah. He's like, I don't want this lightsaber. You know, get this thing away from me. It's a, it's a bunch of baloney. And when he says, you know, you think I'm going to come running in there with a lights, a laser sword? With a laser sword? <laughs> um, one of my favorite things, because once I had, there was a moment when I first started to realize that the, that the, 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 the fan response was so toxic. And I was like, Toxic maybe is an unfair word, but just like negative. Like the, the, I didn't realize that that was even a thing. And I started to see it. And my mind was blown. I was like, what is happening? People didn't like this film. And I, I went to Reddit. Like I went to our Star Wars and started following threads. And people, I started to see for the first time that people hated Luke Skywalker. And I was confused. Mm-hmm. And I read one thread where this guy was like, for him to just throw his lightsaber over the thing, that was just a stupid, cheap laugh. And somebody was like, well, what would, wh- how would, should it have happened? And he goes, picture this. He like set it up as if he'd been dying for somebody to ask <laughs> him for his opinion. And he was like, she hands him the, the lightsaber and he looks at it and a dark history crosses his face. And he, you see confusion and, and sadness. And then he just looks up to her and slowly and in a resolved way, just simply says no and hands it back to her. And I would have been like, I would have laughed at that too. Like that would have been so, but for the wrong reason, that would have been so cheesy and dumb. <laughs> oh dude, in the theater. I'm sorry. In the theater, right? No. There was this, uh, <laughs> no, no. Well, no. You know adding-, adding no to things in Star Wars is what ruined it in the first place. <laughs> no. Dude, no more adding no's. I remember in the theater when Luke threw the lightsaber, you and I both started cracking up and then Bob was cracking up. I was up. like, yes. And you turned to me and yeah. you said, dude, that is like the cleanest pickup I've ever seen. It. <laughs> I forgot I that said was that. So funny I was like to best me. I was like best cliffhanger pickup yeah, ever. Yeah, dude, like, so that's... clean. <laughs> I loved it cuz I hated Luke's reaction at the end of Force Awakens. Oh, it was so like, it was so melodramatic. Happening? This is so melodramatic yeah. and then the, for it to build up to that. It's that was the only way to save that ending. I was so happy. Yeah, I I, I loved um, it. I I just thought it was so great. Uh, a lot of a lot of people think that he would never do that, but I I don't 
uh, why why wouldn't he do that though? You know, that's the thing that I think is so funny. It's so unexpected, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's because people are still young and hopeful and like I'm turning into an old man and I can totally, I'm just becoming more and more get off my lawn and I get it. <laughs> like somebody shows up at my place and is like, here's your past. I present it to you, old master. I'd be like, bitch, you have 10 seconds to get the fuck off my lawn. <laughs> but then showing his routine and going through his, his life was one of the greatest joys I've ever seen him just trying so hard to turn her off. Yeah. And, and, and it was just, and it was just and like when he took a hit of that yeah. green milk, oh, I love, I the, love the, that. The, the, <laughs> the face he made, like he had just quenched some like just well-deserved thirst. And it was just like, I, I think I turned to you and was like, dude, Luke Skywalker is a combination of Pai Mei from Kill Bill and Nick Nolte, and I love it. <laughs> He's so gross. Yeah, they had the a stuntman, by the way, do that that uh, that leap across the the chasm, the pole, vault? The pole. Yeah, yeah, that pole vault was that. done. Then he caught a fish with it. Yeah, he caught a fish with that move. <laughs> I, uh, I, I love that that whole sequence. I thought when he took this a swig yeah. off of that the uh, the the Tala siren milk. Was yeah. just so funny. Uh, like I, he just the guy. He's just such a salty character, you know. I yeah. I do want to say something right now. Uh, just to as as we move forward, there's something I I learned about just recently, and it threw a lot of my feeling on this into into whack. Which is uh-huh. that uh, apparently J.J. Abrams, from what I understand, did not plan out the trilogy. Uh, no. from beginning to end and you know Ryan Johnson was writing uh the last jedi during the time that uh the force awakens was like being like produced and and then released there there's this weird uncanny thing going on in the last jedi which feels like it's responding to fan reactions to the force awakens but it really yeah it, it really isn't. I mean, it may a little bit. They might have done a bunch of pickups and stuff that, yeah. that that did. But but something, for example, something uh, like like Ray's parentage. That's more uh, from what I understand. That was less, you know, R- Ryan Johnson being like, you know, fans are really into the idea of the parents, so I'm gonna you know yeah. throw them a curveball. And it's more like, what would be he? I think the way he understood it was, what would be the most challenging thing for Ray to hear. Right. And, and as a character, you know, what would be yeah. the hardest thing to hear? And the hardest thing to hear is, you know, her parents were nobodies. You're you're nobody. Now, yeah. of course, we don't know anything about that. Star Wars, if there's one thing that Star Wars is good at, it's curveballs. So we may see that, you know, Ray's Ray is like adopted and just dropped off by yeah. by some junky parents. Uh and and she actually was born of the force like Anakin or something. You know, it's it's there's yeah. anybody's guess. We might learn more about Snoke in the next film. Like yeah. it's, so that's interesting to me, but, but, uh, I did not know that. I didn't know that. Um, basically JJ Abrams said, sent to Ryan Johnson, you just take this and go with it. And then, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's pretty much up to the story group to manage everybody's, um, everybody's int- entries. Yeah. And so JJ, yeah, I, there was actually a report that JJ saw the script for uh, episode eight and was actually upset that he didn't get to direct it. He was like, this is amazing. I want to, <laughs> I, I wish I could have done this. Huh. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, Ryan Johnson, I remember hearing he, 
you know, he, he kind of invaded the space of the story group and, and sort of invited himself into their workspace and was like, can I please just chill with you guys? I'm so nervous to write this script. I need to have access to you and to just bounce ideas off of you this, this whole time. So I, he pretty much wrote the entire script in their presence. That's it. So that's, it's, yeah, that's dude, amazing. Yeah. JJ is only there to just deliver a vision, but it's not, yeah, it's not his. Uh, which I'm fine with because I don't like J.J. Abrams. Like his, the whole problem is that he's the mystery box guy. He's the one that likes to throw all these, you know, smoke and mirrors up and curveballs and twists. Like I'm, I'm tired of that shit. It's, I don't know. I like Ryan Johnson's straightforward capa- approach. He seems to me like such a capable. Like I've, I've really, I've more enjoyed his work than I have been bummed out. Oh by. no, no, no! His directing style is is amazing. Like he's a competent director, and I, I, I enjoy everything he's ever filmed. But, but it's his, his creative side that like the, the whole the whole lost like lost was all mystery boxes and it, it ultimately oh, was, held yeah, nothing that was a disaster but that's like you know it wasn't just him but that's like you see his other stuff and clearly like some of that was him you know and it's yeah. the whole idea setting up that all the, these are all these mysteries that needed to be solved i was fine that that those didn't go anywhere I'm, i don't need that to always be the case yeah sometimes people are just people like kylo said yeah 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 <laughs> it's a big galaxy it's not. It's not who. Where? Who are you from? It's what you do. I think it's directly a Batman quote. <laughs> but whatever. Maybe Kylo hey, is a Christian Bale fan. That's cool. It's not what we do. Wait, no. It's, it's not what we do that defines us. It's, it's what we do. It's what we do that defines us. <laughs> it's not what we do. It's what we do. <laughs> it's not a car. It's not Dude, a that car. joke is so old. You sometimes forget how funny that was that you did that. <laughs> That you just inexplicably made Christian Bale drag out that R for so long, and it just eventually got muffled by the bass. Dude, that was always part of the plan. I always wanted to drop yeah. that that car line. It like blew out my hate, blew out yeah, my throat doing it too. It's just a I, th- car. I think there was long term damage from that one. <laughs> it changed everything. Um, so we got so we talked about Ray's parents. We talked about oh, so Ray's power was a big complaint people had in the in the force awakens yep. and it's 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 a, it's a complaint that i guess has persisted throughout this film too many p- people were saying that you know a lot of the, the term mary sue came up a lot which is a, a, a sort of a catch-all phrase now for a character that is too undeservedly powerful there's just too, just too much serendipity is involved uh and there's not enough uh, explanation there for it you know like anakin skywalker but apparently that was okay but uh um, but they did explain it. It was it was ear mites or whatever <laughs> infected his blood and gave birth to him. Um, but I did like the explanation they provided in episode eight, which is that she is a naturally occurring uh, balance um, safeguard against the dark side in the same way that Darth Vader was largely believed to be a counter balance to the light side yeah yeah you know there was too many jedi and they were just too soft and they weren't there was and the, the, the force was too imbalanced for the force it's not about good and evil it's just about yin and yang it's about balance and so you know just as anakin was brought balance to the force so now ray is here to bring balance to the force and i think that's a perfectly fine explanation for her 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 remarkable natural talents and her lack of meaningful parentage it doesn't matter where you came from the force just is like hey we need to 
stir this batter a little bit and it's getting too thick on one side, you know, yeah, you gotta yeah. put a little bit more water in there and, you know, and get this, get this to the right, the right, you know, degree, whatever. Well, the first, the first metaphor, Star Wars but... film didn't, <laughs> the first Star Wars film didn't give a, a crap about where anybody came from. You know, it's not, not really. No, it was all about if you wanted, if you wanted to train in it, it seemed like in the original Star Wars films, it, anybody could pursue the path of the Jedi. Yeah. And, and by the way, Luke, they were dedicated enough. And by the way, Luke learned to use the force like on the millennium Falcon for, after training for five minutes, he suddenly on the way yeah, like, to laser moon on the way to yeah, laser moon. He was like, Hey, you know, for anybody, you got enough ties, a long trip, man. You want to learn the force real quick? And then, yeah, it's, and then he, or and you then just he, play Uno too, whatever. And then he like <laughs> sharpened up those skills with Yoda in approximately two days, a couple days. Yeah. yeah. Because if you look at the time, you know, the, the passage of time, it's he learned the force as long as it took those guys to escape that worm's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right. So unless you think that maybe they were in that worm's mouth for like a couple months, you know, which is yeah. ludicrous. Uh, there, yeah. was, there, were, there were always problems, man, with the Star Wars films, yeah. with, with timelines, with people getting the yeah. skills. But plus, though, the thing about Rey, though, that I think they've made very clear is that she is capable of handling herself really well. You know, clearly she's yeah. had a rough life where she's had to defend herself. Uh, and she, Since she was a kid, yeah. Yeah, so when, you know, in the first film, they showed that she was, like, no joke with that staff. So I, I don't have a problem with her being somewhat adept with another weapon, you know, if that's, right. if that's another factor in her seemingly, uh, you know, out of, out, out of whack, you know, abilities. Yeah. And so in terms, yeah. So, so that was the complaint you said people had was that she was able to take on the, uh, the red guard, whatever they're called yeah, and hold her own, but she knows how to fight. She wasn't using the force really. She was just fighting them. And that was, you know, Kylo Ren, you know, backed her up with some force powers, but for the most part, she was just in, in like hand to hand combat, which is, she had spent her whole life doing. So yeah, that's totally fine. She, and she wasn't so, disproportionately powerful with the force that she was able to even defend herself against Snoke. She Snoke just flicked her around with the, the with his, you know, a move of the wrist. Yeah. And she was powerless. Like none of that mattered yeah. in the end. So I don't think there's an imbalance of power. I don't think she's too strong. I think she's just, you know, like Kylo. Kylo's naturally gifted too. They all just need training. You right, know? right. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and I mean, I think the way that I, I have to rewatch that that scene again. I mean, I want to see the film again like a dozen more times. But, yeah. but uh, I, you yeah. know, also in that in that scene, they were defending each other. So he had her back uh, in a lot of ways and, and she him. So there was the concept that they could take on those guys as a team made them like stronger, which I think is fascinating that they're playing with this idea that the two of those characters who are just on the opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of what they believe their goals are would have a moment where they came together and fought so well. It just raises so many interesting, which is one of the coolest things you haven't really seen that you've definitely never seen that in a star Wars movie. I can't speak for any of the side stories like clone wars or anything like that, but having a Jedi and a, and a Sith basically back to back like that was, we're just, you know, not even a Jedi or a Sith. It's like those terms aren't, applicable anymore but just you know a good versus evil right it was i love that kind of stuff that's always my favorite my favorite episodes of gi joe and transformers is when the bad guy and the good guys teamed up oh yeah you know they and they team up like i remember <laughs> what's that go, go ahead oh just that one like 
where Megatron does his like his 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 trademark backflip into gun form into Optimus Prime's hand. It was just so <laughs> badass. He's like, I trust you enough in this situation that I'm gonna let you hold me as a gun. That's and he just like man, yeah. And he was just like, load me. <laughs> he like put a put a you know energon bullet in the barrel and they won the day together. I love that stuff. Oh, you got me. You got me good with that one. Yeah. Uh, that's that's hilarious. And I think that's such a great point. That's such a a classic story twist when when the good guy and the bad guy team up to fight some greater evil, you know. And but I think And you know you know why it's great is because if a bad guy is is well written and good enough, we like them both. And so yeah. having them like team up like that is always just a treat yeah no it was amazing and then and then of course they left it in a bad place you know which is even yeah. more fascinating they didn't just say well that was cool we have potential here it was like yeah you know, she's like don't go down don't do it this way and he's saying no we have to we have to say screw the past and make this our own yeah and it wasn't even clear what he was talking about you know um i i will yeah. say there's something interesting about kylo which uh, I know we were talked about him being beyond redemption, but uh, there are a couple things that are happening that I think are interesting that that may lead us towards some type of redemption. The uh-huh. the first part is that it's it's going to be impossible for him to come back from killing in cold blood Han Solo. Like that's never going to work. You know right. what I mean? Right. But uh, but I can see him sacrificing himself in some major way. Now, the thing uh. The thing about what they did also with Vader and they did with Kylo is that they didn't seem to make those characters directly responsible for killing like billions of people. <laughs> it was yeah, like Vader yeah. Vader was like, Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've built. Like he's talking to the people that built this thing and are gonna use it. And then Kylo is like watching, you know, the watching that the uh death planet uh uh Star Killer base. Star Killer base. Like, yeah. He's like watching it, but really it's it's not. It's not really him, you know. It's uh. Yeah. It's uh. Hux, Hux, right? It's kind of kind Hux, of leading yeah. the charge there, and then they did this thing. Uh, this is not. I I hadn't even thought about this. I I heard it on a. I think it's called Rebel One podcast. They're they're really fun mm-hmm. if you want to hear a bunch of guys who are like just like a little bit too too much into the films <laughs> who like they have a lot of good criticism, a lot of good guests, and they're really fun to listen to, but um. One of the one of the one of the guests on the show brought up the the uh, the idea that Kylo defeats Luke Skywalker without actually k- killing him. So it, it's like they're they're kind of saying that maybe you know he, they're progressing his story without having him be directly responsible for for Luke. Like yeah. like if Kylo had killed both Han Solo and Luke, <laughs> like you can't expect yeah. the fan base to ever be on board with some type of redemption, like no chance. Yeah. So he kind of did defeat Luke, but it was really Luke doing it using, yeah. Using the forest, you know, to the max level. That that's another thing uh, that leads to the, ne- uh, another point people had a problem with was that Luke seemingly dying from, they're like, that's bullshit. All he did was project himself across the galaxy. Why would that kill him? And my answer is why not? We don't know anything about Jedi powers. <laughs> we, yeah. Other than that, you can choke somebody. You can influence the way they think. Oh, did you Sometimes know? Sometimes you can shoot lightning. Did you know, by the way, Sometimes that you with, can the, go fast. with the force, you can run really fast? <laughs> you can run 
twice as fast as a regular no, man. It's still not as fast. Not even as, twice uh, as fast. You can run so fast that you're literally a blur. And that like, it's so <laughs> awesome how Lucas has dropped that immediately. He was probably like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, what did I do? Like this now, like none yeah. of the films will ever make sense if this is an actual, uh, you know, Jedi power. So they dropped yeah, why that. Why aren't you just moving that fast all the time? I, I'm yeah. even shocked that that made it into the film. Like that, like oh, nobody, that was nobody was like, George, you, you don't, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like introducing that as a Jedi power. Like they, I, yeah. in fact, I think like Obi-Wan like turns and says something stupid, like fast run. Like there's like a name for it or something. You know what I mean? Activate. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so ridiculous. I, every time I think about yeah. people that, that are mad about, about these new films and then are saying, we forgive you, George, like going back to the prequels, like no way yeah. with that shit. What? Dude, I, I would never forgive George for what he's, the stupid decisions Dude, the, the prequels are so funny. They're, they're like. I, I went back and started watching them again, and I, I'll say that they're entertaining, but the thing that's so funny to me is there's just incredibly large chunks of time in the film that feel exciting but are worthless. Like, the pod race is a yeah. worthless thing. Completely It doesn't worthless. do anything. It doesn't, like, it might establish Anakin as a pilot, but not really. Not really. And, like, given how precarious the situation is with the galaxy... And this trade federation problem, like the idea that uh, Qui Gon Jinn wouldn't just like take the part they need, you know what yeah. I mean, and just say screw the hut is insane to me. Like that's just crazy. Yeah. Well, he's also negotiating with like a very clear slave owner. You know, there's a lot of weird things. He's like, hey, we'll do a fair slave owner. Let's do have a fair bet that if I lose, you get to keep your slave. Right. Like what? And then he, what, and then he, what? and then he, and then he like fakes. He he pulls a trick to win a bet. Like so, he's using the force to sort of win a bet. So so he cheats anyway. He cheats yeah. anyways. It's so crazy to me. So so anybody that started going to rampage uh, uh, a rant there, but anybody who's sort of saying it was all good before these films is like crazy yeah. nuts, just nuts. Yeah. Well, and that's so that that kind of brings us back to Luke. So in Empire when he's learning how to use the force and he's trying to pull his X-wing out of the swamp and it physically exhausts him. We don't know anything about the force. Nothing has been consistent throughout any of the films with what Jedi's can do (laughs) other than move things telekinetically choke mind control and lightsaber fight. You can block lasers. That's all we know that we've seen more than once happen (laughs) in the films. So we, what we do know is that, telekinesis is physically taxing depending on the size of the thing. Even when Yoda successfully pulls the X-Wing out and, and moves it over to a safer landing spot, he looks tired. He's exhausted. He's yeah. Yeah. He's completely wiped out. So that for me is enough to establish what the potential taxation of a force power is depending on the size of it and projecting your, a perfect fucking copy of yourself across the galaxy that's convincing enough that everyone in an army believes that you're there. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't that kill him? He's already weak and old. And he was like, and there's so much more in defense of him dying than there is for him not dying because he had also cut himself off from the force yeah. for decades. Right. Right. So who knows like what kind of re- point of entry there is for that. You know, and, how, and like for him to just go hard, dude, if I, if I don't go to the gym for two weeks, 
If I go back to the gym and try to bust out the same workout I did two weeks ago, I'm in fucking trouble. <laughs> like, that's just, that's just, the, yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah, totally. He wasn't fresh. Yeah, so to me, it was not at all unbelievable or unexpected that he died. And he kind of had to die, in my opinion, for the story to work. Yeah, so yeah. I thought it was, a, I thought it was an awesome display of power. People thought that it was weak. I was like, dude, that was, a, that that, that that to me is the ultimate Jedi way that the Jedi Council forgot about. Like, to be so powerful that you don't even have to go somewhere to win a fight. Like, that's that's crazy to come out yeah. on top. Yeah. And, like, and he bought, he, that's and he the most powerful thing I've like ever the heard final, of. The, the, the last bit of, of, of hope in those people, you know? Yeah. The last remaining people. Like, that was, like, the, like sort of the end of it, right? That yeah. was the last... I mean, there were there were other people, but they didn't respond, right? There were other yeah. They were just like we're factions. not we're not gonna make it, bruh. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm is, busy. My wife's yeah, birthday but, came up. I'm not. <laughs> but th- things are things are grim for yeah. for uh, for that team at the end of that. So, but just yeah. buying them time to escape, I think, is an awesome sacrifice. I yeah. love that. That's that that's, that was this that he preserved the spark, you know. Yeah, and that's. Yeah. Uh, and and that was it could not have been filmed more gangster though he just showed up like <laughs> like a the ultimate samurai warrior you know Yojimbo, yeah. the man against the hidden fortress just nothing but his own bravado that was such a yeah it was like a mix of like you know every akira kurosawa samurai <laughs> yeah. movie clint yeah, eastwood yeah. character which are essentially the same character but you get the yeah you get right the idea. right because visually it was also a mix of like Western and, and, and Japanese too. It was very much. Well, I, and I love that too, because the idea is that Lucas based star Wars on uh hidden fortress, right? Yeah. Wasn't that, wasn't that part of, part of the way yeah, he that was the whole, the story? yeah, that's why I thought that was cool. Cause they gave him sort of the samurai send up that, that Lucas, even Lucas would have appreciated. I'd like to think, you know, maybe nobody knows, <laughs> nobody knows what's going on with that guy. Um, yeah. but there was, but that's why the film was not sloppy at all either. Cause leading up to that, there was so many loving details about that scene that a lot of people dismissed initially. One of them was that when he showed up, he was younger. He looked like he did in Kylo Ren's memory. Right. And that was intentional because he wants to get in Kylo's head. So he shows up. This is what I looked like the last time you <laughs> saw me when you right. wanted, when you thought I wanted to kill you and you were afraid of me. Right. Right. And, and then he also shows up and gives Leia Han's dice. But then when Kylo Ren finds those dice later, they disappear. So it's like everything was explained. You know, there was no like loose ends there. He shows up and then Poe even said it. He's like, there's got to be a way out. How'd that, how'd that old guy get in here? He got in here somehow. It's like, no, he didn't. He just manifested. Um, and then there's the, the salt dunes when he wasn't like causing any of the, the red footprints to kick up. Yeah, that's, that's a detail that I missed. That I, yeah. I read about that I thought. Oh, was I phenomenal. fully yeah, I fully missed it too. I read it. I'm not gonna try to act like I saw the whole picture. Um, <laughs> I, listen, I'm a genius. I understand it if you missed it. You're not a You're genius. A stable like I genius. Am. I'm a stable <laughs> genius. Um <laughs> So though that scene was like that's like expert filmmaking. That's the craft at its at its best. Um and just and executed so well. I just, I love that whole scene. That that finale was, that was a type of finale you'd never even seen in a Star Wars film either. But it was not out of line with 
what you would expect from a Jedi, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I did, if he showed up and just started, like, corkscrewing around, I would have left. I would have been like, fuck this movie. That's so stupid. <laughs> I hated it when Yoda did it. The way the Jedi established themselves was that the more they had to rely on that stuff, the, the more they failed as Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, the less, the less you had to use your lightsaber, the more of a Jedi master you were. So... Right. And, yeah, and just the whole... So, like, this one felt totally in line with everything that, like makes sense to me for the Jedi. And also just Luke's disposition is not surprising either because every single living Jedi master turned into a salty old hermit that isolated themselves until the galaxy forgot about them. They've all done it. Like what Luke is doing is not surprising at all. Right. Like Obi-Wan is just living in a hut at, at, at the middle of nowhere. Yoda was living on a planet in the middle of nowhere. Like it's, <laughs> They all ran away and, and, and hid in obscurity. Like that's Yeah. <laughs> because they were disillusioned and felt powerless. Yeah. Like they all they all once they all sort of like saw like dealt with uh very human emotions, their only resolution was to just I mean, obviously duh, they were hiding from the Empire, but really You know, man, like and, and you I think the point that you're making, which is kind of hilarious, is once you really start to look at the big picture of the story, it's a huge mess. Oh, it's a huge mess. Yeah. Because because if you just go into Star Wars clean and you don't have the backstory of the Jedi, everything is believable. Everything that happens yeah. on screen is 100% believable because you're seeing it for the first time. Yeah. The story is starting there. So you, you, there's no questions about what can or be there or have happened or, you know, that's the that's the sort of graceful entry point of any story origin, you know? Yeah. And then it's like from there on, now there are just all these weird problems, you know? It's mm-hmm. like the Jedi, yeah, so Luke is in hiding. It's not the first time that's happened in the yeah. Star Wars universe. I don't yeah. even know why it's that crazy. I mean, the thing that I like now is that they're handling, I mean, the way the films look and feel are so technically bomb, you know? It's yeah. so, it's so such great films to look at, and there's clearly so much love put into every frame, you know? I feel like the aesthetic has returned to something yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the most beautiful shots in the series were in this film. I thought, you know, yeah, me too. the kamikaze scene was like, well, I, could, I would, I would want that as a full size wall mural in my bedroom. That was incredible. Do you want to yeah. talk about the kamikaze sequence actually? Yeah. And, and Holdo I, and Poe? I would like to. Holdo. Yeah. A lot of people hate not Holdo too. I, I thought her character was interesting. I, I was a little bit frustrated that she didn't just explain the plan, right. but, but only because <clears throat> Uh, only for one reason. I didn't think that that was the time for her to teach Poe a lesson. So like, here's, I get that. Here's how I, what I think they're going for though, is that Poe wasn't being taught a lesson. Poe wasn't entitled to fucking anything. He was busted in rank and he was no longer privy to that information. But since he's such a, like a, uh, uh, a cocky, hot-headed, hot-shot, hot everything, hot, hot, hot. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he didn't get that. In his mind, he was still, like, the, the he was the bulk of the rebel fighting force. He didn't yeah. quite understand what it meant to be busted in rank by his superior. And as soon as she stepped aside, when he saw Haldo, the only thing he saw was somebody that he could question. He saw someone that he could undermine and he was visibly distraught when he was passed over 
for promotion. Even though he fucked up so much that Leia busted him in rank, he still thought that her absence was going to mean that he would be taking over. So he's a hero and he's a good dude at heart, but he's not thinking, you know, clearly. He's still thinking like a hero. He's trying to be a hero. Yeah. And by doing that, he's undermining the chain of command. And so he wasn't entitled to any information. Just sit the fuck down and let us do our plan. And the fact that he just just, not only mutinied and completely fucked that up, but then he sent other people off on some harebrained scheme that didn't pan out, that actually caused the loss of thousands of lives. And if he had just done what Leia told him to do, but he seemed incapable of it because he didn't respect Haldo's authority. And so, like, his lack of respect for the chain of command actually resulted in not her withholding information from him. She did not owe him anything. Like, just follow orders, dude. You're in the military. Like, you don't get to follow the orders you want to follow. Like, you're you're not better than anybody else here. Like, what the fuck, man? Those are all great, great points. And I I do love so much that they took that risk on having so many characters that we love and want to succeed be such failures in the film. I thought that was a really bold and amazing story uh, choice and writing choice. And it makes them relatable. You know, they're they're not like... Because Han Solo pretty much had an easy ride, you know? He was he was a scoundrel, and morally he was gray, but, like, nothing really ever went wrong for him, you know? It's it's um, different for a Star Wars movie to... to it's, it's, it's very interesting, though, for a Star Wars movie to, to start making these kinds of decisions because that's just never the way it was. Like, it was yeah. always like there's a person in a room with everybody who's going to be doing the fighting in the room with them explaining the plan. Like, it was yeah. always this very simplified... Hey, we're the good guys. Here's the plan. Yeah. Like they're getting into some deeper thematic things that are yeah. pretty fascinating. And I just, I, my hope is that they all pan out that at the yeah. end, Poe is a better leader. It seemed he... like that was what was happening by the end of the film. He got it. You know, yeah. he, he started to understand like the difference between sacrifice and leadership. You right. Know? Right. So it's, um, I'm still not sold on Finn yet. You know my problems with Finn. Yeah, I want Finn. Yeah. I want Finn to be amazing. I, I'm I was so excited for Finn initially, and so far, um, he's been letting me down. I get, you know, why he's conflicted, but I don't like his conflict. It doesn't manifest. It, it only manifests in in cowardice. He's always nervous and stammering and like making excuses and like trying to get away. And it's just I'm I'm, I'm tired of it. And yeah. I'm glad that by the end, he finally was like, I, w- I want to stand for something. I'm rebel scum. Like, that was a badass line. But then the first thing he does is try to kill himself. And it's like, dude, come on. Scriptwriters do better by Finn. Like, I know. they, they, they I think they totally f- fumbled Finn big time. Uh, they're boning even, Finn. Even the whole, Phasma, yeah. the whole Phasma Finn thing, too, they've been fumbling hardcore. Yeah. Like they, can't, they just can't quite figure it out. And you're right. I think Finn has just been p- putting this bad sort of writing position like they just they, they have been not handling his character very well at all right and like his the potential of his character was fucking awesome a former oh, stormtrooper yeah. storm not only do we are we seeing under the sensitive. mask yeah we've never seen under the mask of a stormtrooper before and now we do and he's conflicted like that's awesome and they have yeah. been not delivering on that at all i don't even need him to be force sensitive but just someone that's more Stormtroopers were supposed, despite the fact that visibly they're largely incompetent. When when Obi Wan first started talking about stormtroopers in the original thing, they were terrifying. You know, they were 
they were like yeah. a killing force. They were like fearless and they were highly trained. And and then so we're given one and he's not fearless. He's not highly trained. He's a janitor. But yeah. why is a janitor like out on a kill mission with the leader <laughs> of the the dark side? Like I don't none of that made sense. They're not they're not like they're not handling Finn in any cool way at all. Yeah, and it's it's I get bad. that some characters need to be like they they all, they can't all be badasses, but you don't have to be a, just a complete chicken shit either. Like that sucks. I, I'm also disappointed in the way that they were they were handling. I thought maybe they were going to be kindling some kind of relationship between uh, Finn and Ray, and I thought that would have been yeah. pretty awesome. Like a, a this girl who is is like got this ability in the force and is sort of yeah. rising up in the ranks as a hero. And then you have Finn, who's this conflicted stormtrooper guy. Yeah. That's that's an amazing pairing. And I get that the whole film he was like trying to get to Ray, but then I like Rose as a character, but that whole story arc was so bizarre. Somebody explained it on Twitter that like, oh here if you didn't like that scene, maybe think about it this way. And they and it's they didn't explain anything that I didn't already understand. They're saying like, you know, Finn needed to see that side of the Empire in order to become resolved and truly give himself to the to the rebellion. But it's like but it still costs uh, too much. Like people still lost their lives because of it. Like they didn't that's not enough to justify him just being like, you know what, I I'm I'm down now. I wasn't down before, but I'm down now. Like that whole operation cost the 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 the, the rebellion too much for it to be have been worth it. And it just yeah. like visibly it just wasn't that fun to watch like that whole thing was kind of a drag like i thought the casino was kind of interesting like i'm definitely curious about that side of we've never really seen like we've seen some civilian life in in star wars but it's mostly been poor civilian life we haven't really seen luxury and opulence you know it, that that was an interesting thing to show us that side, but I agree it was a total drag. Uh, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of people suggest that if the idea for Finn and Rose to, to have just gone right to the ship and then have a whole sequence where he's using his knowledge of having been a stormtrooper yeah. to negotiate his way through the ship, that could have been yeah. plenty to, for him to do. You That's know? also been kind of my like one of my go-to complaints about him because it's like everyone's got their thing like, "Hi, I'm Poe. I'm the best pilot in the rebellion. Hi, I'm Ray. I'm a naturally gifted, you know, force warrior. I'm Rose. I'm an expert engineer. I'm Finn. I used to work here. <laughs> That's <laughs> my power is the knowledge of this base, <laughs> like these ships. Yeah, it's like which is valuable, but it's not presented in a in that in a cool way where he's like an insider. He doesn't feel like an insider. He feels yeah. like an outsider, you know. So it's yeah. What what are they gonna do, man? What are your predictions for for Finn going forward? I don't know, man, because I thought he was gonna wake up in this in this from this coma, and 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 be a changed man. He faced Kylo Ren. He picked up a lightsaber and was like, "Fuck yeah. it, I know I'm gonna lose, but like, I you got think no he was choice." Try to run away again, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he fucking tried to run away again. That was my biggest yeah. complaint about him in the first movie. Was that he spent the whole first movie just trying to get away from the conflict, and the first thing he does. After he spends like a good five minutes prat falling around, I was joking about. It. I was like, "Yo, great! He woke up, and the first thing he does is like slip and fall on like space banana peels, and just makes a fucking fool out of himself." And then he tries to run away. <laughs> I was like, "This same old shit, man! Come on, Finn! Yeah, like represent, yeah, it's bruh. Oh. It's weird." So I don't like I don't like Finn yet. Um, hey, let's talk about Leia. 
Can we talk about Leia? Yeah. Yeah, right. let's talk about Leia. Let's t- let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is yeah. flying Leia. Okay. I think yeah. I uh, my I, uh, my my feeling on it was I was very moved when I saw that. Yeah. Not just not just because of Carrie Fisher's uh you know death, very but very real death, yeah. But but I felt that uh it was a very like visually I felt very moved by it. I can't I can't escape the idea that it was Carrie Fisher. Like that it's 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 impossible for me to to pry right. that off. That definitely not... played a huge part in my reaction to that. Was that just the very, the very real the weight the very real weight of her loss like yes. Did, yeah, affected me that, a lot. But but I also felt that it was a very beautiful moment. Uh yeah. and I felt that it was an interesting and very reasonable way to show someone using the force. Now obviously Leia has force abilities like clearly yeah. yeah vader says she sensed it in her you know or like you know maybe not vader but yoda and obi-wan were talking about her and she was like she's just as, as has as much potential as luke she has potential she took a different road you know she was yeah. like a, a general you know but yeah but it's like the idea that uh you know jedi can can pick up and and throw giant chunks of rock right like if you're yeah. yoda you can just grab yeah. a, a piece of a building and throw it right yeah uh, or one of those stupid you know, giant chairs in the Senate, but uh, <laughs> you can spin it around like a pizza and chuck the, it. The, the Senate but, flying saucers. They, yeah, like uh, you, you can you can hold it in the air with one hand and then spin it with the other hand and then like throw it. And that's so stupid, right? <laughs> I remember in the movie theater, I was like laughing at that and like I was like impressed, like wow, that's kind of cool. And then like Im- like immediately after, I was like oh. That is no, so like stupid. what is his name, Luigi? Come on, that's not, it's <laughs> not a you know? real move. But, but the idea that somebody could move themselves through space, like, dude, if you had a can of compressed air in space, you could yeah. shoot yourself off at I don't know how many miles an hour. Like, if you actually yeah. like, used it correctly, you know. Yeah, once you cr- cause the the momentum to shift, you're going that direction until you stop. Um, yeah, but and it's not me, even like that far because like she just hooked on to the ship with the force and pulled herself to it. Like that was, that's all it was. Like there's yeah. that doesn't seem like, you know, for being a Skywalker, and for decades having passed since the last movie. Like who's to say she didn't pick up a few tricks? Like that's absolutely that's totally with it. That's totally part of the uh, the suspension of disbelief. Like that's and I kind of yeah, I, and I, I sort of feel like the whole the whole physical presentation of the way that she moved towards the ship makes complete sense. It, yeah. it just it just works that way if you're pulling yourself towards something. Yeah, everybody kept calling it like Mary Poppins. It's like yeah, all right, you just you have no like sense of wonder left in your body. I guess you just, you, <laughs> that just, well everything sucks. Yeah, yeah, everything just sucks all the time. Can't even just break off for a second and just be like moved by something, you know. There was all it was a a little reverence for the Skywalker family. First of yeah. all, you're not just gonna blast Princess Leia into space, you know. Yeah, no, like no chance. Yeah, and and just also for Carrie Fisher, you know. I just I felt that, and it was it was I was sad, and and it was and it was it was it felt me feel good at the same time. Um. Man, just her, like, Luke kissing her on the forehead at the end. Like, I just, I was uh, for real man. dribbling tears out of my eyes. I couldn't even contain them. You know, we yeah, talked about no, this last I, podcast. I've been I trying to, awesome. 
I've been trying to let those go a little bit more often, and now it's just excessive. Now I'm just a fucking baby when I watch sad stuff in movies. You're like, cr- but it's you're not like even watching, sad stuff. You're like that, watching that, Bright, and you're like wiping tears. Dude, away. Bright, dude. When the, when he got blooded, I was for sure like kind of just the goosebumps were there. You know, like all the all the signs were there. Like it was the weather was right for for the storm. You know, <laughs> but it didn't quite didn't quite get there. Yeah, I'll never cry at something that's like actually supposed to be emotional. I'll always like <laughs> bought, like tear up at the stupidest shit. Orcs, man, that orc brotherhood is uh, the shit. And I just start to orc like you know. Police officer <laughs> moved me, carrying Will Smith out on his shoulders, and then the <laughs> and then the orc gang wearing big gold ropes and hoodies. And backwards hats, giving him props was just the most beautiful shit I'd ever seen, yo. <laughs> I can't even go there. I can't. I can't, I can't it, help what I can't, makes me feel emotional. It's stupid. I'm not gonna say that like. No man, I, and, and I am not emotional, but yeah, no. But you like, can't. You can't overthink it. And you can't try to yeah, put a. You can't try no. to. You know, put a hole. You know, plug. Dude, it I'll hole. tell you, one of the first movies that made me like tear up that I remember was. Uh, Maybe not the first one. Actually, the, the legit first one was Karate Kid 2. <laughs> Dude, when Mr. No Miyagi's way. dad died and Miyagi's sitting there on the beach just watching the sunset and then Daniel comes up and tries to make him feel better and he just won't <laughs> shut up. He just won't fucking shut up. You dumb little Jersey fuck. Shut your mouth. And while he's talking, Miyagi's just eyes just fucking fill with water and they just tears start running down his face. Without even changing his expression, I thought it was amazing, and that that, that messed awesome. me up as a kid. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Iron Giant, that was the the other one. Yeah, Iron Giant's a big um, one for you. Yeah, that was when he's flying into that nuke, and he just goes, he smiles, and he just goes, Superman. Yeah, I was like, man, this robot yeah. gets me, man. This Vin Diesel <laughs> character is all up in my soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, but yeah, it's, it's uh, yes. Star Wars was was pulling some some tears out of me for sure. Um, and then uh, what else we got? I think we kind of talked about everything. I, th- I we think had that's bullet point. I think that's it, yeah. man. I I feel like we've we've pretty much covered a lot there. Yeah. I, I would I, I would think, welcome any questions. You know, given everything that we've just kind of revealed, <laughs> I yeah, would welcome any yeah. questions from fans, whether people who agree with us or disagree with us. But also, why you disagree with us? Don't just call us stupid. Don't say we're wrong. Like. <laughs> Just like I will, we will have a reasoned debate with you, but you have to, you have to bring something, you know, critical to the table. You gotta, you know, I understand if you don't like something, but don't tell us we're wrong unless you have good reasons. Like that's, um, cause we've already, I've seen too much, like, it's almost like having a political discussion with somebody. It's, it's bad out there for like yeah, it's, reason it's Star Wars debates and I'm just exhausted. I'm just exhausted with trying to like talk to people on the internet when you don't have that bridge um, that you have in real life, you know, I can have these conversations with somebody in real life, but you know, I wouldn't say that we're as diehard fans as star Wars of star Wars as some other people for sure. But yeah, uh, you know, the fact that we don't know the names of like casino planet, <laughs> stuff like that. That's new star uh, Wars though. Yeah. You test me on yeah. old star Wars. I'll, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll show up, you know, I'll place yeah. in, in the trivia night pool. Maybe not first, but new star <laughs> Wars. I gotta, I need a couple. I've only seen this movie once and I'm actually, a little concerned with how well it'll hold up under multiple viewings. I know there's going to be some parts that are going to drag huh. for me, um, but I'm I'm going to see, I'm going to I'm going to really see if any holes start showing up. You know, I'm curious. We should uh we should go see it again. I'm down. Let's do I'm it. Super Maybe down. I don't do think like there's anything early. else in theater that I want to see. Black Panther's coming out. I'm down oh, for that. Oh yeah. When is that? Um, 
Ah, uh, soon. I saw like Alamo Draft House is already throwing tickets at me, so yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. That's the only thing yeah. I can think of that's coming up. Um, yeah, just the whole Marvel in general, man. I'm excited for Infinity War. Like, I can't wait. Um, I want to see Paddington, <laughs> dude. Pa- I, when I finally watched the first Paddington, I was like, oh, "That's it's a so good movie, yeah, man!" That such movie, a good movie, that movie's awesome. You know, there have been so many great films uh, th- that I don't know. I just like I saw. Uh, no, I I saw The Shape of Water, and it was oh, I loved it. Damn, it's it is awesome. You have to see it. It's yeah. really really good, and um, uh. And I saw Lady Bird, which was phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, like ooh, February it had... 16th, man. Almost a, mu- uh, a little more than a month for Black Panther. Oh, cool. You maxed it we out. Hit, this might be our longest video. podcast. I don't even know if like, going back to edit this thing, I don't even know what we're going to do. But uh, yeah, because we were like, you were like, oh, I'm sick. We'll just keep it short. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that sounds great. Yeah. And now it's our <laughs> longest podcast. Maybe we'll just throw it out there. Yeah. And, you know, just yeah, l- maybe. let the ramble. We can, we'll take a look at it. But, you know, thanks so to everybody raw. for listening to us ramble on. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed uh, our just various thoughts about Star Wars. Uh, as usual, stay tuned for everything. It's been a little bit quiet on the uh, on the channel. We, we know uh, we have a couple releases that are sort of past things that we've done, but have never hit YouTube. Some like albums and some other music. And we're always prepping episode six. We're going to start doing like a big push on the marketing for that soon-ish. You know, we're always working on episode six. It's never something that we put off. It's just a, it's a, it's a juggernaut. So, you know, stay tuned for all of that. Please check out our various portals for music. If you like the music that we do and all that good stuff, you can check out rlnots.com for other ways to to support us if you wish. Yeah, you got uh, patreon.com backslash rlnots. We've got Bandcamp. uh, Well, our website, actually, you can find all of this stuff. Go to rlnots.com and you will find links to everything. So that's that's probably the easiest route by which you can just (laughs) enter the rlnots world. And huge thanks to everybody who, who is a supporter uh, of our work we really appreciate it and it's always nice to hear from you guys too we get a lot of uh messages through our website or just wherever on patreon or whatever and uh it's just always phenomenal to hear from everybody uh, we have a lot of really cool dialogues going with people who reach out so don't hesitate to do that if you want to have any if you have any questions or anything like we're, we try to be as responsive as we can so reach out and say hello yeah and in the meantime i'll try to get craven to you know get off his ass and watch the most recent season of black mirror so we can talk about that next time right I'm on busting at the seams right now <laughs> all right i'm on it Busting. all right all right thanks for listening and we'll right. see you guys soon yeah, peace out boy peace. later like yeah 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 Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.